Right, we're live. What's up, guys? Roy uh, here, and you are listening to the Balance Mill Podcast series. Today's episode is another segment of We Were in a Cult, and I'm interviewing people that are a part of the church that I went to. We are just going to be discussing our stories, our life in the church, maybe get to a point where we figure out if what we were a part of was a cult or not. And today I've got Todd. What's up, Todd? Hey, not much. How you doing? Enjoying a nice day in Georgia. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, Todd, you were part of the church, right? That is correct. Born into it. Yeah. So you were what we call a kingdom kid, right? Yes. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> so like it's been a while since I've heard those uh, terminology. <laughs> it's it's weird. The more I do these talks, the more I realize that we have lots of like words and terminologies and things that I have to like explain. So it's pretty fun. Sure. Our own little lingo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, your parents were part of the church for a long time and then you were born into it. Um, usually the first question I like to ask is like, what was your, like, what's your first memory of like the church? Can you remember anything that far back? Um, yes. Uh, I would say my first memory was, I, I don't recall what hotel it was, but there's a hotel in Atlanta that had parrots or they were uh, McCall's and they would fly all the way up to the top. And I just remember, do not put your fingers in it because uh -huh. the birds will bite you. Um, <laughs> and there was a uh, friends that I met from uh, there. And one of my good friends passed away not too long ago, but I met him over at the, um, that hotel. And I remember the, Peachtree Plaza too, looking all the way down. Mm -hmm. um, that was one of the others. And I would say that is maybe 88, 89 when we uh -huh. used to uh, meet there would be my first memories of um, probably fourth or uh, four years old. Yeah, I think that hotel was the Hilton or the Hyatt. Okay. Yeah, I okay. remember... I remember the hotel you're talking about that had that those those birds. That's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, I think it was the Hyatt because I think it had a it had like a rotating, or like it had like a rotating like like restaurant at the top. I don't know, but anyway, that's the Peachtree Plaza. Oh, that's the Peachtree yes, Plaza. Yes, yes, I do have both of. Yeah, but I don't know. I can't recall. I would have to ask mom and dad what hotel that uh -huh. was. Yeah, but I vividly remember those birds. Uh huh. <laughs> so, like, what was like, what was your first like understanding of like God? Hmm. How was God like uh... presented to you? Do you remember that? No, I actually don't really recall. I mean, I remember my first story would mm -hmm. be uh, the Noah's Ark story mm -hmm. and how God took his wrath out on the people because they were oh, yeah. sinning. Uh -huh. And I guess I remember um, putting all the animals in the ark and uh, four years old, five years old, oh, something like uh -huh. that. Uh, yeah, I just remember him being him. Mm -hmm. I definitely remember being a him, but uh, being very angry at his people. So like an angry, so, an angry man looking down upon us. Yes. And frowning upon us for mm -hmm. things that we have done. Okay. Yeah. And did, and did so that... I guess that would be my first memory mm -hmm. of God? Yeah. And so like, did that like affect your childhood like thinking about that like what you did or said or things like that or just that's just who he was that's who he was i definitely remember dad showing the same wrath oh really uh yeah or, or more of getting in trouble mm -hmm. and uh 
uh, the phrase that would come up in my mind is, I put the fear of God in you. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, wow. Um, and, and I definitely, I'm not sure if it's just having an older brother and watching him getting in trouble a lot. I remember uh, being very sneakative because I didn't want um, dad to find out. And I just remember hearing, well, God always sees what you do. So even if you're hiding it from us, he will know. <laughs> so he had yeah, eyes everywhere say, yes yes and so uh, it was more of fear than awe mm -hmm. or like like a sunrise being oh man i'm in awe of what i see you were just you were more of like fear of god wanting to do what's right afraid of getting in trouble afraid of what he's gonna see kind of thing right right yeah mm-hmm and so what Almost was like uh, uh, that funny phrase from Joe Dirt? Is this where you want to be when God comes home? <laughs> <laughs> is this where you want to be when God comes home? I like that. <laughs> so like what was church? What was church like for you as a kid? Uh, you know, I really enjoyed Athens. Uh, that's where I would say my first real memories of church came from. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of hanging out with friends um, on Wednesday. Sundays were really fun. Um, a lot of activities. Uh, I had great friends and we would spend time over at each other's houses. Um, I don't really recall like any of the lessons. I just remember mm -hmm. just my parents were friends with these people. Uh, my brothers had friends. My sister had friends. And we would just go hang out with these people. Okay. And uh, we had the college campus up there. So I had quite a few babysitters from the University of Georgia. And it was cool having like older, what I felt like siblings uh, mm -hmm. that would come over and watch us. And so overall, Athens was a really great experience that I uh, can really remember in my mind that I didn't really have any negativity towards uh, what Athens brought in the church up there. Mm -hmm. I dreaded going to congregational Sundays, which was once a month, we would have to travel down to Atlanta. And if people aren't familiar, it's about an hour and a half drive from Athens to Atlanta. And so dragging yeah. three kids um, in the car. And so uh, that church experience dreaded those because dad would always park very far away for free parking in Atlanta. <laughs> and yeah, it was, I could only imagine ha I, having a kid myself now trying to drag him to Atlanta and explaining to him, like we're going down here for church once a month on Sunday. Yeah. And yeah, the congregational services were, were something and for those of you that might not understand what that is, so our church was like, you know, we, we're talking about Atlanta ministry because uh, because our church was kind of all over America, but because our Atlanta is such a big city, you know, we geographically it just didn't make sense for everybody to meet together all the time. So we would be like spread out into our like local cities and counties and things like that, and then once a month we would all meet together. And yeah, they were always, they were always so big. I, you talk about the parking. That was such a, that struggle was real. My dad did the same thing. <laughs> it would be like a mile, mile and a half away, or it seemed like forever. And it was like, dude, there's parking right there. Oh, that's $5. No, no we got to, we got to find that free parking. So that's <laughs> very, very vivid. And I remember meeting at like the world Congress center and getting dropped at, off at classes. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it just seemed, looking back at now just a waste of time uh like well you had an hour and a half drive there hour and a half drive back you had to find yeah. food mom had to pack us a lunch uh three kids at a food court just gets really pricey um so yeah. we had lunches and then my parents had leader meetings that they had to go to afterwards so it just became almost six to eight hours mm -hmm. with the commute on a Sunday and you're talking about a dad that works about 40, 50 hours a week and doing that once a month on a Sunday, it just seems like a lot. Yeah. Looking back. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it was a lot. And I, we'd only lived like 20, 30 minutes from Atlanta. And I remember it being a lot, a lot to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you guys had, uh, there was three siblings. So it was mm -hmm. the same thing, trying to get everybody out the door at the same time. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. And my dad I mean, helped set up. So we like, sometimes I would go with him yeah. and I'd have to be there like two hours prior. So, I mean, oh, getting up super yeah. early. Sure. Mm -hmm. So then, so you're in Athens and was it hard being, cause I know your parents are big Florida fans, you know, that had to have been hard being at the university of Georgia. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. Uh, wearing Florida stuff. Cause you're almost like an outcast. Yeah. Or you are an outcast in, are in, an at outcast. the university. Yeah. And so, yeah. So then your parents moved. Yeah. So you left Athens and then you moved to closer into the city. Yeah, we moved to Marietta, Georgia. Um, yeah, they, they actually moved there for the school uh -huh. and not for uh, actually the schooling and education is a lot better, uh, better teaching, better opportunity in um, East Cobb area, which is a suburb of Atlanta, then uh, Clark County, which is Athens. However, they didn't move there for the school. They moved there so their kids could be uh, get baptized and have a better opportunity to uh, thrive in a Christian uh, high school. And not that our uh, Walton High School was a Christian high school. There was just a good um, percentage or, or uh, kids that went to Walton High School. And so yeah. there was... Probably, I want to say close to 50 students that went to our church at Walton. Yep. And it was, that's where a lot of the leaders' kids went. So my parents were like, oh, man, if we get them in there, our kids will be on the fast track to getting baptized and becoming a, a, a member of the Atlanta Church of Christ. And how that and worked out for you? <laughs> How'd that work out? <laughs> no, nah, it didn't work out for uh, any of my siblings. So what was, the, uh, it just, what was it like, like the shift from like going to Athens and then like being in this, this other, you know, area of Atlanta? I mean, were you welcomed? Was it like easy? It was tough. Um, not so much. It was just more of moving. Um, cause I, I was up in Athens from elementary school all the way to the beginning of sixth grade. So moving there, after knowing everybody and having all these friends up there and then starting middle school is already awkward enough, uh, developing into your human body. So it's, it was definitely a challenge. Um, not knowing anybody. I remember the first day of school, I was crying and mom had to walk me through, uh, just adjusting. Um, I had a couple friends that I knew from the church. Um, but it was, it was a very, uh, challenging adjusting time and that's when a lot of uh shaming came in uh there was different chaperone parents at the middle school uh gatherings for the church mm -hmm. and if you were see i i would hold my girlfriend's hand in uh seventh grade and a parent would come up to me and said hey you need to cut that out um you you know where that will lead and then i was okay i couldn't really comprehend what she was talking about where that's gonna lead um you just wanted to I hold this little girl's hand <laughs> exactly and i remember my parents talking to me afterwards and um saying hey uh, that's inappropriate for uh, a middle school gathering is to holding a girl's hand so I, I i yeah i vividly remember a lot of shaming um when we moved to marietta which I didn't really feel like there was much pressure or shaming when I was in Athens. And maybe just because I was becoming more of a individual mm -hmm. being 13 years old, more uh, adapting to becoming Todd or was it the environment and all the pressure that was put on in that East Cobb area? Cause a lot of the leaders kids were there. Yeah. I get under that's that's got to be weird. I'm I'm surprised. So this girl that she liked was at the church because I remember it being such a no no, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I was really uh, into her, uh, and uh, yeah, no, that was really no no. Yeah, like uh, her and I was. 
<laughs> we were snuggling uh, next. Uh, we had a fire in the backyard. Um, uh, our middle school leaders. We would have some of the parties were 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 cool. Were really fun. I enjoyed going to them, but it was really restrictive on uh, interacting with the opposite sex. Yeah, you couldn't snuggle or hold hands. I mean, as soon as you no. hold hands, you're opening the door for the devil. Yes, that's going to lead to you hooking up and potentially having a kid. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's how it was explained to me. So, were there any like? Was there any like stigma after that with you, or was it like? Do you remember feeling like as like you were outside after that, or was it just did it did it get better when you were in high school in Marriott? Oh. Uh, I, I observed a lot from my brother oh, Okay, and one of his best friends and him were always in trouble. So, uh, just, and they were kind of labeled as the black sheep and, um, it, getting kicked out of a lot of things like, uh, getting kicked out of camp, uh, church camp. If those who, who aren't familiar with, uh, our church upbringing, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I remember, not wanting to be an outcast. And so trying my best to get into, uh, in high school, they would do uh, Sunday worships or not worships. They would have meetings where you would go to Gwinnett County. Mm -hmm. And so I was desperately trying to get into that in crowd. Uh, A lot of my friends that went to, um, I noticed once they accepted Jesus and got baptized, they would stop being my friends. So I always thought that was weird. I only had one friend that was still my friend through it all. Even when he got baptized. Yeah, that was, that was definitely a thing. I can remember that. Yeah. It was almost like a a shame. And I I go back on that word that I used earlier, shaming people. Like if you didn't want to accept Jesus or you didn't want to get baptized, um, we have to, outcast them mm-hmm. so almost like peer pressure to get baptized to see what you're missing out on yeah that uh Man. that after that other devo i mean i remember wanting to be a part of that too so bad because it always looked like it was way more fun yeah yeah and, and like that understanding that there's like an in crowd and an out crowd that was kind of real um yeah, I remember here, you know, there was definitely you would hear of kids and like don't don't hang with them, be careful around them. I mean, that had to have been hard for you guys. I mean, did you did you feel like they were talking about you or was it your older brother or was it your sister? I, I felt like my older brother was definitely the outcast. Me I kind of learned from that, but I still didn't go along with the the reading, the scriptures, or even I studied the Bible. Like each time I went up to church camp, but me never felt like an outcast uh, mm-hmm. per se. And I definitely felt like my sister and brother were. I don't know. I, I don't know why I didn't get the same. And, and I know my parents were looked down upon for the three of us never getting baptized or never uh yeah, I, de- I definitely know they felt a lot of shame of what are we doing wrong if everybody else's kids. I mean, here we are. We moved our kids to East Cobb, giving them the best opportunity to get baptized. Um, hearing the words come out of my mouth now, it's almost like, well, we want to set up our kids our best opportunity to get into Harvard or Yale. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, all this is is just to... Uh, baptize our kids and indoctrinate them Mm -hmm. into our way of thinking. Yeah, there definitely was things I can remember my dad hearing overhearing conversations like that with my dad when like we, my brothers and I weren't, you know, weren't as, as like, I don't know what was, we weren't as like agreeable (laughs) as some of the other kids, you know, I remember my dad saying that somebody told him that, that we were wild kids. And Mm. I just remember being like, very like upset that someone would say that about us or that we were looking at. And then I felt like 
frustrated for my parents because they're having to deal with this. So, you know, there definitely was a network that you, you feel like there was a network of people like talking. And if your kids weren't in line, like other kids, it was like a reflection of you. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And a word that came to mind is uh spiritual. Yeah. Like your kids spiritual. Want to ask spiritual. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. That's, that's wild. And so like, you know, that, that, so that puts you all through high school. Um, and you never got, did you, you didn't get baptized in high school or anything? No, like that? I always thought it was weird. Um, I did a quite a few studies uh-huh. and, I would have it. It seems similar to confession. Like there was a a teen worker that I would have to sit down with and go over my sins each time, mm-hmm. and it just felt kind of strange because uh, I would feel like I would just have to make up something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all what, sinners. What so, what do you mean? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe not make up something. I would have to have a list of things that I I, I struggled with that week. Oh, I, I lust after these women or, you know, I, I masturbated or just things that, that I would just racing around in my mind, waiting for that next study. Uh, oh, man. OK, what did I do wrong this weekend? Oh, I got to confess. Oh, what did I when I was struggling? What uh, with the sin that I was battling with? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I do to overcome it? And so. <laughs> I, I never progressed any because um, uh, it's surprisingly at 15, 16 years old, I couldn't get over masturbating. So uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't yeah. Yeah. Gra- uh, get over that hump. So I couldn't move on to the next study Yeah, you yeah. Uh, to be able to get baptized. And I, and I talked to some of my friends in my later years and they were like, well, we just lied about it. Yeah, of course. Like, okay. So, being honest didn't get you on to the next study, but if you said, "Yeah, I overcome that hump," oh yeah, yeah, we, we can move you on to the next study. I'm like, oh, that yeah. makes sense. I remember feeling like, and so that's like... why I never. Uh, junior year, I kind of just gave up on all the stuff. Yeah, I can remember that feeling of like, what did I do? Having to think about things, and this feeling of like, it better be good, and I better show that like I learned something from this, or, you know. I was going to get in trouble or they wouldn't let me move on. And then right. you weren't serious enough. That was something I would hear. That a is lot. another phrase I heard. Yeah. You're not, You're not taking this serious. Uh huh. Yep. And if you know, and <laughs> it's always so silly. Did you do the cross study? Do you remember doing that in the teens? No, I, um, the camp, the, the camp leader. I definitely remember him doing it several times up mm-hmm. there trying to, convey us that we are doing this to Jesus. And uh, if you don't repent of your sins, you're going to end up 18, 19 year olds knocking up your girlfriend and doing, doing drugs, uh, being homeless. And that was like a very extreme, but I remember vividly hearing that repeated by quite a few other counselors like yeah oh we know such and such that ended up so uh yes definitely (laughs) definitely so your view so your view of god is this guy watching you and you're fearful of that and then you know it's weird there's all this like doom and gloom if you don't follow this way this is going to happen all those kind of things. You're going to die penniless and poor with a pregnant woman in an alleyway. And you guys are going to be doing drugs all the time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you better, you better uh, get, get baptized and all this will go away and you'll be on the righteous path to heaven. Yep. And so, so you gave it all up and you left. Um, I had a calling. Uh, um, so there was the ACT your junior year. I didn't want to go to it because it was early in the morning. And if you didn't take it at Walton High School, uh, you would take the ASPEP and that's the military test. So I took that my junior year and scored pretty well. And so I had uh, Navy, Army and Air Force recruiters um, wanting me to join. Mm-hmm. So the church fell apart in 2003 and I was in boot camp. 
So uh, I avoided all that uh, turmoil, turmoil mm-hmm. of, of college and uh, the church um, pretty much disintegrating. I was I was gone for the whole thing. And then I, I didn't come back into the picture until 2009. So, so I had six years of okay. deployments, uh, Iraq. So, uh, yeah, it was it was almost a hiatus and almost rediscovering what I believed. Because I went to, even when I was in the Navy, they had a lot of church um, services. So I got to see a lot of different other ways to worship and and read. Um, went to my first, don't tell anybody, but, but Catholic service. <laughs> <laughs> so so you kind of believed in God, even though... And yeah. Yeah, you believe that there... Yeah, like... there, was a, there was a strong yearning for... Uh, um to read and to, to pray and to, um, yeah. One thing I really did enjoy about church and, uh, the way we were brought up was the fellowship. I feel like there a lot of, um, just a strong connection with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were around a lot of cool people. I can remember that. And you were around them a lot. Cause, right. Cause our lives revolved around church. You know, I mean, we had three or four services or something a week some True. activity um you were always at someone's house stuff like that right with the bible talks yeah uh-huh. so so you left high school you went to the military and then you came back so why why did you come back what was it about what, what was happening that made you feel you wanted to come back i'm not sure what your viewpoint was of uh people's parents Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I wanted to get married and I wanted mm-hmm. to have a wife and the viewpoint of everybody's parents, no one was divorced. So being in yeah. the military, I saw a divorce of people having single moms that just w- was never, uh, an option or I just ne- nothing I ever saw in the church. So I'm like, okay, I want, I'm 24. I just got out of the military. I want to start my family. seems like the best route to go is uh, the church. I know it's split up, um, but there's pockets of it here and there. And if I meet a, a church woman that's a part of the church I grew up in, uh, I, I would not get divorced. Um, I just, it, it was just very unheard of, of divorcee uh, in the church. And so that was my big calling. And then I met a really cool guy in Athens who was out feeding the homeless, uh, doing a lot of work, inner work with the homeless community and actually living out the life of what I thought Jesus was. And so it was very intriguing being a part of it. And here's people that I'm not baptized. I'm not a part of the church, um, really welcoming me with open arms and wanting me to be a part of what they're doing. And so, uh, that, uh, back in the, my mind deep in there was like, Oh, okay. This is the best route to get a a wife, a family and have a very happy, successful marriage is to get baptized. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then when these group of of men were welcoming me in, um, back in Athens and we really wanted me to be a part of what they were doing, um, with the homeless community, I was like, man, this is a, this is a calling that, uh, I was, okay, this is what I was taught as a little one. And this makes more sense of, um, uh, of, of more better timing to get baptized. And then the part of, um, wanting a very helpful or healthy, successful marriage. Um, this, for whatever reason was, uh, I thought the best route to go. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, so you, <laughs> I love, I love how honest you are. You, I just wanted a wife and it looked like I was going to get yeah. the best option here, but, but then, so you're, you're getting welcomed by people. And so it's kind of like you were being shown the opposite of what you were shown as a kid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you didn't stay in Athens. Um, so then... No, I ran into uh, some really good friends. Uh, this guy named Roy Clemens and uh, my buddy TJ Canada. And, oh, sorry, I wasn't supposed to say, it. but they uh, they welcomed me in and they wanted to uh, uh, shout out to TJ. Uh, they wanted me to be roommates with them down in uh, Marietta, and so I was like, man, this, 
great opportunity. I want to go back to, uh, I want to start college because I just got out of the military. And so I moved in with them too. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, I didn't really study the Bible per se, what what I was taught as a kid. Uh It was more like a a feeling that, hey, you know, I know the scriptures. I know what it says. Um, I had lived my life. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for the last six years and I'm, I'm ready to get baptized. So it wasn't as strict. It wasn't as stringent. You weren't like felt a need to confess or be any certain way. No, and n- none whatsoever. And still uh, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is the route to go to get mm-hmm. an awesome wife and have a successful marriage. And the, the people I'm hanging out with are really cool and not pushy and not so really. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you're not really baptized. telling me. What... I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, not telling me uh, that, that I'm I'm wrong or shaming me for things that I'm doing. Yeah. Um. So it felt warm and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the timing was right. Mm-hmm. And so you're at your you, you come back, and so it was it was positive. It was good. Everything started working out. Um. You felt? Did you feel like freer to be yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, when I started growing out my hair, uh, yeah, um, had my, my nipples pierced. So uh, yeah, I felt really freeing that uh, not really an outcast. I mean, maybe because I was hanging out with you and TJ, that it was, uh, and y'all, we all welcomed me with op- open arms. Because um, I mean, I remember you as a kid, uh, yeah. especially mm-hmm. your your brothers. We we did a lot of birthday parties together. So, and I remember you, uh, at, at camp counselor. And so being able to hang out with you on a regular basis and seeing how awesome and cool you were and still a disciple. And I'm like, man, th- yeah, this, this is, a uh, more of my cup of tea, um, and more of, uh, seeing people that are real and honest and l- truly living their life. Yeah. I want to be a part of this. So did it, did it, um, thank you for saying that about me, Todd, you're too kind. Um, so did it all work out everything? No, <laughs> no, no, it did work uh, out. It did, I mean, it worked out to the way it worked out. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I, I got married, we'll have our kids, we'll, we'll fellowship at the church. Our kids will grow up together. Um, no, that plan didn't really work out. Uh, I, I got married, um, to a Christian woman shortly. What was it? Maybe a year into the marriage. She looks at me and said, Hey, I don't want to go to church anymore. Mm. And I'm like, Whoa, well, well, this is what you're supposed to do. Like we tried, uh, another big mega church, uh, Andy Stanley shot out to him. Oh, you went to North <laughs> but, uh, Point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, his church was really cool, but the thing that I was missing there was uh, connection and fellowship. There wasn't really a bond of uh, hanging out with people. It wasn't really real friendships, uh, really shallow. Like you just go to church, they hide a couple people, and then you go about your day. Um, so yeah, then about four and a half years into the marriage, uh, she looks at me and said, hey, I want to go our separate ways. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I went through all this uh, mm-hmm. for, for this uh, amazing marriage, for this amazing uh, relationship um, with this woman. And uh, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was. And the mm-hmm. the, the the innocence of what was put, a veil that was put over my eyes was lifted. Um, and, and I realized that there was a lot of work and um, uh, communication that goes into a relationship mm-hmm. that uh, the innocence of, Oh yeah, you just get baptized and you marry a, a Christian woman and it all works out happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't, if you're not willing to put in the work and the, the communication with your partner. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, after uh, getting divorced and moving back in with my parents, uh, I, I threw everything away. Uh, I started reading books to disclaim Christianity and where it all came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was, I felt let down and heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like I did everything right. 
Um, and I, I put in and did everything that I thought I was supposed to do to have like this amazing marriage, amazing relationship. And just for it to get thrown back in my face of, uh, and then even walking around certain church people talking badly about you. And I know yeah, you, you could just feel the energy mm-hmm. walking back, back as an, a divorced person. And, um, oh, here, here, these, here, this guy who got a divorce and, and maybe that could just be my own shame and my own uh, insecurity, um, mm-hmm. that I was feeling. And then maybe there was no voices at all. And it was all, all just coming from my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so you, you were saying like, you, did you blame God for this? Like it's his fault that this didn't happen. Or you just didn't understand. So you're saying like you just didn't understand why it was supposed to work out, kind of thing. Yeah, I more blamed individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially the people that did the the, the marriage counseling with me. I mean, I, isn't it wasn't their fault? Mm-hmm. A lot of it, the stuff just wasn't laid out. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, um, we know you're under this illusion that if you marry a Christian woman, uh that it'll all end up happily after it. It might. However, you're going to have to work on yourself daily. You're going to have to communicate. You're going to have to uh, articulate and and, uh, work through your issues. And you're going to have to compromise a lot. None of that was ever explained. And so uh, I I don't blame anybody or blame God. I I, Just the naive um, nature of myself. Naivety. Yes, naive. Uh, yeah, I'm more let down of how could I have been so blind to mm-hmm. uh, a, a relationship and marriage? Well, I and mean, so, you, know, uh, you, you didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. Sure, sure. And I guess that's what really, not in any God per se, but I just felt. I guess why I was mad at God is because I did everything that the the leaders or the church people told me to do. I waited till marriage to have sex. I didn't move in with my uh, my partner until um, we were married. I did everything textbooks uh, what I was told to do, mm-hmm. and it still didn't work out. Yeah, I mean that's hard to reconcile with. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean. I had a relationship fall apart and you're thinking about that and you know everything that we were taught it it's like it was all funneled through this one lens and it was like right. just do it this way and it's going to be fine you know and then when it gets right, harder I remember uh like uh I really enjoyed uh church camp but I remember the the lessons of getting baptized and waiting till marriage and if mm-hmm. you don't this is what's going to happen and you're going to have a miserable marriage if you don't. And then I did everything that they told me to do. And mm-hmm. it still turned out the way they said it wouldn't turn out. So I felt kind of let down. Um, so, but I mean, looking back at it now, I mean, I'm, I'm very uh, grateful for it. Um, I mean, I have I'm in an amazing relationship now um, uh, with my part and we have an amazing uh, year and a half year old so I, and i learned so much more about my character and who i am as a man and uh, different things that I, I can improve on daily um and it, it's it's a journey not not a destination and i and i grow mm-hmm. um and I, and I and i can communicate with her we talk through things so i, I feel like I, I was bitter for i i did buy an rv and live in the rv for uh, <laughs> almost 2 years and you so have- i had a lot <laughs> of uh anger and uh uh asking these questions and i feel like the more i turn inward and focus on improving todd mm-hmm. uh the better i was able to be in my next relationship and so like yeah i remember you having a very monastic lifestyle you were always somewhere else you know we never really knew where you were <laughs> some yeah. some other some other state or country or something but so you were reading so 
when you were in that, you were reading a lot of different books. Um, like, what did you discover while you were doing that? Like, was it like, did it change your view of like, Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one author, uh, Sam Harris Mm -hmm. was waking up without religion. And Mm -hmm. so that, that book, like really opened up my eyes to, uh, more of, it's about you and who you are, not so much looking out there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, so I, I dived deep into it. I mean, I was looking at Emperor Constantine and how the whole Bible came about mm-hmm. and how the Roman Empire conquered and, and uh, destroyed anybody that questioned Emperor Constantine's uh, mm-hmm. take on the Bible. So I'm like, man, all this, all this whole story could be just bullshit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I questioned the Noah's Ark story, like how did uh, um, Noah decide to drop the koala bears and the kangaroos off in Australia? What did he make like three or four different trips? Uh, to <laughs> and so a lot of it just came to questioning the whole thing and the existence of this so-called God that I, I grew up knowing, mm-hmm. and my conclusion at the end of it was it was all bullshit. Um, and that I want nothing to do with it. Um, I mean, and however, like now today, I would say, I believe that there is a after, not an afterlife, more like our energy goes elsewhere and that, uh, um, we have lessons and stuff to do, um, and learn in this life. And that will affect, if it's reincarnation, I mean, I'm open to a lot of different ideas and I know that there's a lot of great scriptures and a lot of great lessons. And uh, for me to completely negate everything that I learned and just throw it all the way. No, nah, it, it shaped me a lot and it's helped me uh, um, with my walk on this life. And so one of my favorite scriptures and metaphors was peter walking on the water i don't know if that's a literal story but i look at it more as when you're walking on the water and you're focusing on your prize if it's walking towards jesus or walking towards your relationship or walking towards whatever you're walking to as long as you're staying focused on what you're trying to achieve um you're doing great Mm -hmm. however when you start looking at the waves crashing in and what everybody else is doing around you that's when you start sinking and so i take a lot of the lessons that i learn as more um how can i apply it to my life and not as a literal story if that makes sense no it makes total sense thank you for sharing that about the, the um the walking on water i think it's really it's cool i've never heard it like <clears throat> You know, I mean, I've heard it kind of like that, but I really like how you're, you know, we we can focus on everybody else and we're not focusing on ourselves and what we're trying to do. And that's when all the problems start happening. Um, Right, right. (laughs) And we start losing, we lose our perspective on what we're wanting and where we're wanting to go. And that's when, you know, we start sinking. That's cool. Right. So you you kind of it seems like you're in this place where like you're you're kind of like choosing what to keep, discarding all the rest, you know? Yeah, I would say the the thing I miss the most is the the friendships and the fellowship. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember the potluck Sundays. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you would have deep connections with people. Uh, not so much of like confessing your sins or anything like that, but more of uh, just a, a yearning to get to know someone and a yearning to uh, be very vulnerable and just, mm-hmm. Hey, this is what I'm going through. You know, it's been a rough week. Uh, I hit my kid uh, or whatever the case is, like just the, the realness of life. And I felt like uh, I, I, there was a lot of that in the, that community. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I, I do miss. And however, you can get that anywhere. I mean, I was working at whole foods for a while and the more honest I was with what I was going through, the more honest I got back from others. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I don't think that was a, a, a un- it was unique, but at the same time, I feel like you can still get that elsewhere. And it just what, what your willingness to put in, it made it a lot easier having the community. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've, as I've distanced myself from the church, I feel a lot of the same things you're feeling like that sense of community. I think we all have that. We all have this like yearning to be a part of something and to be like seen by people. Um, And that was such a cool thing to have a cool thing to like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about the, like, we had a lot of older men that we could go to and yeah, no, totally. And there's this like, from the books that I'm reading and the research I'm doing, I mean, there's such a need for us as, as men to have elders in our life to go to. And it's hard to find them when you don't have a place, you know, you don't have like an already established church or community. And it can, yeah, that totally makes sense. It, uh, Cause I remember hanging out with a lot of my dad's friends mm-hmm. and uh, my dad would go to like a leadership meeting and I would go over to uh, Dwayne's house and uh, mm-hmm. just hang out with him and uh, him mentor me or we watch football together. And it's like, yeah, yeah this guy's mm-hmm. almost, 40 years old and here's a 16 year old hanging out with a 40 year old and just having a good time and uh, mm-hmm. asking questions. And it so, reminds me yeah. of uh, what Jesus did when he was sitting at the temple uh, as a child. And so in my life as a young one, that was really encouraged to uh, have older men like mentor you. Yeah. It, it's, it's something that I, I equate to my stability and, and, and where I'm at now in life was having older, older guys to talk to older, you know, men that would right. hang out and like even some of the teen workers, the ones that weren't so focused on me confessing my sins, but the ones that like genuinely like saw me and like, just wanted me to be okay. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or uh, boost their numbers of how many uh, baptisms they got. Roy, we got to include you in the numbers. I'll tell you this: I think I, I'm. When I was a teen worker, I don't think I baptized a single teen. Yep. That's yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Comparing, uh, not comparing, <laughs> but uh, knowing what we came from to uh sorry i thought you were gonna gonna say it's pretty cool that you didn't baptize any kids that's why i started laughing (laughs) (laughs) i think it's cool there wasn't that pressure on you to to perform or achieve a a goal instead of just connecting with um individuals no there was a pressure there was a pressure It, it wasn't as it wasn't as big when i finally got to working with the teens because, you know, like you mentioned the church kind of falling apart and that's something that's, it's interesting in our story of the church and how the corporate structure as we knew it of the church kind of dissolved. But, um, and then we had these like pockets of churches and things like that. But I do remember like this feeling of like, you know, I, I would watch these other teen workers and, you know, these kids would be getting baptized and, and like, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't, when they, when I was hanging out with them, I was like, I just didn't, I didn't want to talk to them. Like, like, I don't want to ask these kids how many times they masturbated, <laughs> you know, like, right. that, that's weird. It felt weird, right. you know, Yeah. I wanted to like, get to know them and like, I don't know, guide them a little bit instead of just like focusing on, cause we were so hyper-focused in our church on like baptism and this way you know yes or there's something wrong with you and i need to fix it yeah and so i mean there's enough the individuality of the the person i feel like the collective whole was more important than the individual person Mm -hmm. so like i don't know so do you i mean do you believe in god do you still like what where have you landed in like this whole I don't know this whole thing. Uh, so the God I was taught as a child. No, I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there is a divine energy. Um, and we, mm-hmm. we like to put a meaning on what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, one of my favorite authors is Joseph Campbell. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a book called the power of the myth. 
And if you uh, look into like mm-hmm. a lot of the the tribal people, they are saying pretty much identical stories to uh, Christianity. They had a great flood. They had a, a lot of other stuff. So there's got to be more to it than we're the right ones and everybody else is burning for eternity in hell. If everybody as humans have very, very similar stories and similar sacrifices, uh, like uh, a lot of the native people would sacrifice individuals. So our sacrifice was Jesus. So, I mean, there's just so much parallel between the stories. So to say that uh, there is no God or we're the only God. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm down with there's a, a creator and, and something that created all of us. Uh, and we all made in the image of that creator. So we all have God-like qualities. Uh, every human does. Um but to say that the Atlanta Church of Christ or the the ICOC is the, the people are making it into heaven, everybody else is burning internal uh, for the rest for the days. Uh, don't really buy it, and I don't really buy that the there is only one God, and He only spoke to these certain people. Mm-hmm. No, I, I feel like you and I can tap into that uh, the divine. And it's, it's flowing through all of us. I mean, I go on a walk every morning with my dogs and I see the sunrise and I see uh, deer roaming. So I, I believe in nature, uh, which we have disconnected ourselves through our Christian story. Um, mm. That is where the divine, the divine is in all of us and the divine is in the table. I have my phone propped up on. So, yeah, I, I believe it's energy and connection and uh uh, yeah, I would say there is a God, but the God I was explained to as a little one, I, I just don't resonate with that. Yeah, that's beautiful what you said, Todd. Thank you for sharing it that way, man, or oh. in your words, man. I I dig that. I dig the idea of <clears throat> of of just the disconnection to things like that's something right. you know we're, we're disconnected from nature. We're disconnected from just so many things but um but yeah that's cool man um he's not up there looking at us and what waiting to see if we touch ourselves at night <laughs> right yeah exactly exactly no it's it's yeah. and i think it's a, it's a connection i mean we feel it or i can feel it when i give someone a hug i mean mm-hmm. a genuine hug from someone that you haven't seen in a while i think that's the energy that i refer to um yeah, definitely not. Oh, you touched yourself last night. You're no, that that was more. I don't know. I feel like that's more shaming and more uh, guilting you into mm-hmm. fearing you into being baptized or being a part of the group. Uh, and so if we can point out all the stuff that you're doing wrong and that you're going to burn e- eternally for doing this, we can boost our numbers and then. Uh, these guys are going to tie 10% of their income and more better revenue coming mm-hmm. into the church. That's what I feel as an adult. It was scare tactics to uh, bring money into the church. Mm-hmm. And I remember people falling away was like the the terminology that they, they used. And mm-hmm. uh, almost I remember one of our babysitters, he fell away and we would cry and we called him up on the phone and we'll never see him again. Uh, really? So it was just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, "Oh, we want you to come babysit us again." And we thought, like, uh, it was almost like a death. Uh, yeah, it was how uh-huh. it felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that falling away piece was a big thing. Um, if you were, if you didn't come to church anymore, you weren't just leaving the church; you were leaving God. You were leaving everything, and like, we couldn't really hang out. You know, yeah, yeah. I, know, I felt like it was like the the Amish when uh, they they excommunicate mm-hmm. them from the community, and your your yeah. whole community was was gone. I uh, <laughs> I remember uh, I liked this girl hard, I, and the uh, I took her out on a date, and this was the time I was going to tell her my feelings for her, and. She, you know, we sit down or whatever, and then she starts talking first and she goes, I have to tell you something. I'm, I don't think I'm going to go to church anymore. And I remember being like, 
Dadgummit. I can't date her because, you know, yeah. <laughs> she's she's leaving and that feeling of just like, oh, man. Like, that's it, you know? I mean, we were, we were so mm. kind of indoctrinated into thinking that, you know? Uh -huh. Sure, sure. That's a, yeah, interesting uh, feeling because I've definitely felt that at times. Uh, there was a, a one girl that got a divorce and I was uh, wanting to date her. And I was asking my parents, is it, is it, and this was once I got out of the Navy, but is it acceptable for me to date her? And what if we get married? Because I know what the scriptures say about a divorcee. And, and, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. Uh, oh, how, yes. Yeah. There were, there, there are scriptures about, can you, can you date someone or marry someone that's been divorced? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And so it's interesting the the thoughts and the the teaching that you hold on to, uh, even as an adult or even as a, I don't know what age you were when um, maybe college when you were dating or wanted to date that girl, um, but yeah, just what you hold on to, uh, and it, it it's freeing letting go mm -hmm. uh, of those of ideas. However, they still uh, come up from time to time. Uh, I remember dating the um, the lady I'm with now, and uh, I would have uh, when we were shared the same bed together. Neither one of us went to the church or anything, but I would have a purity pillow set up. So, uh, <laughs> which we st her and I still joke about too to this day. But it's interesting the um the beliefs that you can uh -huh. still hold on to in your yeah. uh, new dating relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were definitely there were definitely things that that I was doing when I was dating my wife in the beginning that was just it was just old patterns, old ways of thinking. Yeah. And you just start to shed yeah. them and it's definitely freeing to it's it's such a great feeling to feel free from restrictions and like a restrictive approach to to whatever this is, whatever you want to call it, God, source, spirit, divine. Um and yeah, because, because like our world is way more nuanced than to just be like this one specific focus of like, this is how it's going to be. You know? Right. Right. Well, and uh, speak, I forget exactly what you said earlier, but like, yeah, I, I actually, I don't attend a church. I don't go anywhere. Uh, honestly, mm -hmm. Sunday is kind of weird that everybody gathers on this one day um i don't know i feel like church in a building sense church should be more like uh, individual and if people want to walk with you uh on your two mile walk with walking the dogs that could be uh your church or your little sanctuary but uh actually all meeting yeah it, it just seeing my dad work 50 60 hours a week um and then dragging us all every Sunday to church and sometimes spending six, seven hours with leadership meetings. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I might go uh, on occasion. Uh, maybe if there's a outdoor service or I do, I do like a, a Christmas mass. Um, I, I like the beauty and the, um, uh, the ritual of the service. I don't really get anything out of it besides mm -hmm. this is, this is really a, uh, I'm in awe of what uh, the rituals are and the, the, the lighting of the incense and stuff like that. Um, and the unis, una, unison of the, the church and everybody saying awe and amen all at the same time. And mm -hmm. uh, But religiously going to something each Sunday? Nah, I don't think I'll ever be. Uh, I mean, okay, it wouldn't be a building. If it would be like, hey a group of friends are gathering or hanging out and uh, we're going to do this. But I, I don't know. I feel like it was so uh, strict uh, and scheduled that there's much more I want to do on Sunday than getting preached at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, it's hard. It's hard to be, it's hard to find space for that anymore. I mean, I, right. I you know, I mean, I'm seeking out community a lot, for a desire to have that, but it's hard to like, I don't know. I still struggle with, with being at a church, you know, 
and uh, being in that system and, and what is it going to do? How is it going to be? You know, I always feel bad for people in a church when it's me, because I'm always waiting for the words that they're going to say. I'm like, oh, if they're going to say this or I'm going to do this or something like that, you know, and um, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of of, of stuff I'm, I'm sort of still trying to let go of, you know. So understandable. Mm-hmm. I might have to go in a little bit. I got, I think I hear my son waking up in the background. Well, here's, here's the last question. We were in a cult. What do you think? You don't have to, it doesn't have to be a, a simple yes or no. It's just, just like, I don't know. It's, I it's... don't know. I don't, I, I really don't know. It, it hi, Henry. Uh, it definitely uh, was very controlling, mm-hmm. but and I feel like cult has a very negative. Uh, I mean, you think about the drinking the Kool Aid and all those people that mm-hmm. died, uh, and you think about uh, the Mormons and different cult gatherings they had, and mm-hmm. having th- there was some con- mind controlling and not letting people leave. Um, there was there was so much good that came out of it too, uh, and I just like you're not you're in my friendship. So to to, mm-hmm. to put a a cult label on it, I mean maybe there was a little bit, but I, I don't know. I, I I take the good with the bad, and I guess that that would be my answer. Cool. So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's cool. Or maybe not. Yeah, uh, and that's good enough for me. You know, I, I'm just, I'm just, I love that you sharing your story and us talking about this, you know, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a part of this and letting me put your story out there to the world. You know, man, uh, we're going to listen. I appreciate so, it. Roy. It was awesome. And um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you were a part of our church, the ICOC, and, and would like to share your story, please contact me through, you can email me at, Balanced mail pcast at gmail.com or connect with me through Instagram. And yeah, guys, we will uh you will hear from me soon. All right. See you, Todd. Uh, I lo- love you, Roy. Uh peace, yeah. my brother. Love you too, man. Talk to you soon. Yeah. All right, sounds good.